Hello everyone, my name is Karuna, a therapist at a mindset. Welcome to the How to Podcast series. Joining me here today is my colleague Megan. Hi everyone, my name is Megan, also a therapist in a mindset. It's such a pleasure to talk to you through How to Podcast series. I'm so looking forward to it. How about you, Karuna? Yeah, me too, Megan. I'm excited to be here with you and get this podcast series going. This is our first podcast in the How To series, and we sure have more coming. Yeah, would you like to share with our audience what the upcoming podcast series are about? Yeah, these sessions are here to help you understand more about therapy, counseling, and the problems faced by individuals whose emotional and mental well-being is under strain. We will be sharing a few takeaways every session which you might find helpful as we have found them to be beneficial for our clients. And these would cover a vast range of topics. Right. So what do we have today to share, Megan? Uh, it's about, I recently wrote an article about grief and loss, which is related yeah. to my personal experience. I lost my yeah. father-in-law last November. And I also found it a topic that everyone had been through and were deeply affected during a certain period of their life. So today we're going to talk about it, and most importantly, how we can find ourselves after the grief. We'll spend some time talking about what are the impact of grief and loss, and then we will provide you strategies to process it more effectively in the following 30 minutes. So when it comes to grief and loss, what are we referring to today? Yeah, people go through grief and loss not only when they lose someone. Yeah. Uh, it can happen, you know, when there is a relationship breakup, uh, any loss of materialistic possessions. Yeah. They may grieve over something more intangible like loss of self mm -hmm. or a certain life stage, you know, like, like youth or yeah. uh, aging or when, you know, uh, children grow up and they leave home and they find themselves to become empty nesters, just to name a few. Right. And we found during COVID, we came across these situations more than ever. Some oh, people yes. lost their loved ones. Some lost their community as many good friends move out of Hong Kong. And some grief over the loss of job or their business. Because the marketing economy was so volatile during these years, right? So the mass, as you may heard about, the mass layoffs in some giant tech companies in U.S., which caused senses of grief in people who lost their jobs too. Because they lost not only their financial stability, insurance, their status, but also their identity and self-worth. So it is very natural for them to experience grief, especially when they have invested a lot of time and effort in their work and got laid off all of a sudden. Karuna, would you tell us more about how grief and loss affect us? Yeah, I mean, uh, you've really, uh, you know, uh, encapsulated that really well, Megan, for the audience to understand and uh, how most recently grief has affected everybody in different ways. And uh, grief and loss can bring about sadness and various difficult emotions such as hopelessness, guilt, resentment, 
anger, shame, loneliness. And these may cause us to isolate ourselves from others. Definitely. And people may feel shocked or numb for a while during their grief. This is very, very normal, as those are natural mechanisms of our body to protect ourselves from the painful reality. Oh, yes. It completely impacts not only our emotions, but also our physical wellness. We may feel, you know, more tired, lose our appetite, and have sleep disturbances. Uh, mm. These are all common psychosomatic symptoms when grieving, as evidenced by research. In case of bereavement, we may have feelings of guilt. If there are any unresolved issues in terms of job loss, it could be feelings of worthlessness, anger, and grief. And alongside any of these feelings, uh, you know, we could have physical distressing manifestations that tend to appear. Yeah. Megan, why do you think grieving is an important process uh, when we experience any loss? As we talk about grief, we can understand it's actually an unavoidable part of everyone's life. But in real life, we are really deeply affected by the loss and pain. For example, uh, once in a counseling session with my client, she brought up a grief experience that changed her life. Ten years ago, her very good friend passed away in a suicide. And she didn't tell any people how overwhelmed she felt at that time. And she has deep yearning to connect to someone like the old friend till now. Yeah, that's so true. People often think it's a burden to share. And uh, yeah, and we may notice that some people can move on more steadily, while others need more time and effort to process their loss, especially when the loss is combined with trauma, just as you just, uh, you know, shared with us. This is where we need help, uh, but we may not be aware of it at that time when the loss has occurred. We can also say that grief has no defined timeline. Even if we have dealt with it at that moment, it may be evoked by specific situations uh, that we revisit during a later stage in our lives. We also don't necessarily heal with time because we may need more space and support, like in the case of your friend, like not taking the support to grow through that grief and loss. Hmm. And over a period of time, our relationship with our grief and loss can change as we try to move forward. And therefore, to seek that timely help, uh, you know, and support is so crucial. True, exactly. In sessions, we can find some clients are experiencing prolonged grief. We'll regard the grief over six months for adults or over one year for children as prolonged. But to me, I think what matters more is the level of persistence of that grief. If you find yourself ruminating over the deceased or the loss, for example, some people kept reviewing and talking about what they might have done wrong at work when they got laid off. So, so they are wondering what got them into the jobless situation. Also, there are people refusing to accept the fact and feel their day-to-day -day life function of life is negatively impacted. Then it is time to reach out to someone you trust or a mental health professional who can help you in the progress of healing. Most certainly, I definitely agree with that. And uh, we got four takeaways today, Megan. Would yeah. you like to start by sharing, please? Of course. Uh, the first one I would like to talk about is uh, to talk about your feelings. 
to share them with your support system. You can grieve alone, but actually you don't have to. When you find the emotions are overwhelming, please don't hesitate to reach out to people that you feel comfortable with. Talking about the loss helps you to be honest to yourself too, and at the same time, acknowledge the pain. Yes, avoidance and resistance were found to be、uh, major hindrances in the long term, as the emotions built up while we thought our attention had shifted. So we haven't allowed ourselves to accept the loss, and that has been bottled up,、uh, you know, subconsciously. Yeah, your feelings. And、uh, in therapies, we will help clients to address their feelings. In session, in sessions, we will say that if you cannot feel, you cannot heal. So sharing your feelings with your support system can actually help to release them and regain space and emotional energy that you need for healing. Sometimes we will worry that, just like my client, that sharing this pain will burden people around us. But the truth is that sharing vulnerability is actually building genuine connection with others, and that connection is exactly what you need to move on with your grief. If you're really not sure who you can talk to, you may also consider the following religious rituals or cultural tradition too. Take bereavement for example. Religious and cultural traditions have been healing people for thousands of years. Like Chinese families, we stay together for weeks so as to grieve. This is also a way to share the sorrow as well as the memories within the family. At the same time, the family also work together to take care of what has been left behind by the deceased. Yeah, likewise too. In the Indian culture, Megan, we have the same like where we honor and you know. We meet together, and for several days,、uh, you know, we have religious ceremonies and rituals around the deceased. And、uh, while growing up, I often wondered, you know, what it was like. Like when people met, they used to be crying. In the midst of it, they used to start laughing. And then I found that, you know, they were, you know, taking each other's support, like while even acknowledging their loss, also honoring the person who was no more by, you know. Reliving the happy memories that、uh, and the times that they spent here, so、mm. that's yeah, that's also quite common in our culture.、Mm. And what I've also found is that in our fast-paced society today, we may not give ourselves that sufficient time, like people used to earlier. True, that's true. Yeah, we tend to cut short these rituals or ceremonies and mourning and return to our normal life very, very quickly. And our feelings and emotions may build up more intensely, even though we may have briefly attended to them at that moment, you know. So, and that's、uh, could be a trigger at a later stage in life because we haven't give, allowed ourselves that time. True. Yeah. Don't underestimate the power of sharing, and of course, the timing and method of sharing would depend on how you feel at the time. A grief is a very personal experience, so don't no need to force yourself to conform if you don't feel ready to do so. So when it comes to sharing, some people would prefer like posting onto social media instead of real talking to someone. Whatever works for you. The most important thing is allow yourself to recognize and process the pain. Revealing the hard feelings is not showing weakness. 
it is actually a way of discovering strengths. And what would be the next takeaway that you would like to share with the audience, Megan? Right. The second one I would say is transforming the meaning of loss. If you're currently experiencing loss, this is indeed a very tough time. You may feel your life has fallen apart and it changed to black and white, and many purposes and beliefs that you were holding on to are all gone. So this is a time that you realize that life is full of contrasts. Where there is a start, there is an end. But after the end, life starts again in a different way. Yeah, so it is in reality a time to learn more about ourselves. Right. We can find meaning by acknowledging our loss. For example, turning towards gratitude for what we have or what we once had. Yeah. Yet, if it is hard to find gratitude, it is embracing our pain and hurt and not forcing ourselves to find it if we don't feel it ready. That's very true. For example, um, divorce. Divorce also bring up some senses of grief. It's definitely painful and lonely because only you know how it is feel like. But grieving over the marriage can give us a chance to prioritize our individual needs and have some long term problems between the two sorted out. A couple with contradictory values might think love can work miracles in the beginning. But over time, they feel overwhelmed by the emptiness due to the needs of compromising, and they may decide to separate afterwards. And after separation, they can finally prioritize their own needs. So through the loss, the couple learn about themselves in the relationship more thoroughly, and appreciate those understanding in the long run. Yeah, from the loss, we try to learn to live in the moment. Yeah. And try not to take things or people for granted,、uh, you know, and becoming more conscious about the people we love and what matters to us as well.、Yeah. By learning from what has happened, we can, you know, retrieve our capacity to grieve and heal. And also, some people may feel some sense of relief or liberation after the loss. Don't feel a sense of shame nor worry about yourself or be judged. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Some people lose their jobs and take a vacation. That must be something that they couldn't do before, as they had insufficient time to take off. In the situation of terminally ill or differently abled individual,、uh, caregivers may finally find time to do what they want to do without restriction or a constant sense of duty. Right. So there are many possibilities that we didn't see at the moment, especially at the moment of. Loss, be it a relationship, be a new friendship, or simply just a break to recharge. The loss usually comes with a role change that makes us feel lost in ourselves, especially in the beginning. But it's also a time for us to reprioritize our life. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah, it could be that our focus were our homes, our children, our families. And since they're on their own, we can now focus on building our interests, our activities, our businesses, our hobbies. Or you know, we probably used to stay next to our parents, who were really helpful to us.、Uh, you know, but coming to terms that they are aging and they cannot now contribute as they much,、uh, you know, as much as they used to,、right. is something that we also need to start accepting and taking some time to redefine. Ourselves and our lives, 
exploring plans for the next stages can set us up to see potential and exciting new experiences and relationships for ourselves in the future. That's very true. And um, of course, this is not saying that we will forget who or what we lost. That's not possible as our lives are changed forever after the loss. But grief is a process to embrace this pain and our own valuable lives at the same time so as to find a way to move on. So Karuna, would you share with us some more useful tips to help the audience to find themselves? Sure, a very uh, common one as uh, people hear is uh, about closure, you know, finding closure when we're grieving or we lose something. And uh, somehow we all have our own perceptions and beliefs around how we would like them to be. But we often forget that life isn't panned out as it is in our head. Uh, It's hard to sit with painful emotions, so we start judging and comparing ourselves. Mm -hmm. What I found works is compassion and patience rather than rushing ourselves to feel better. Right. Focusing on our positive qualities and interacting with people who love us and who we love can bring about a brighter outlook towards our lives. Right. If we cannot find a sense of closure as we imagined it, we could be taken aback unexpectedly. Then how can we help ourselves find closure is key. Mm -hmm. So finding tangible or intangible ways that suit ourselves. Uh, One tangible way would be like writing a breakup letter, say in case of a relationship or, you know, in case of bereavement to the person that we've lost, writing a letter and saying that things that we that are left unsaid uh, that we so wanted to say badly to them. And, uh, you know, finding solace uh, in prayer and meditation. And these are intangible ways if they feel safe for you. Right. Those are all very good ways of closure. And it's it's also like certain sense of connection, commemorate and celebrate or grieve our losses. Or maybe a ritual. After a breakup, you may create your own ritual to move forward with your life. Like you can give giving away gifts to charity, discarding communication, discontinuing connection if it helps. Sure, these are all so very useful and helpful, you know, and to offer a different perspective to those of us grieving. At times, knowing or seeing the truth can be more painful than we can imagine. Say in case of death of a loved one and not being able to see them prior to their last rites, we may not be prepared to see them in a state of stillness or injury. So we don't, uh, in that state, we're not able to reflect on this other angle that can actually be more disturbing to us. In case of relational losses, it would be hurtful to hear reasons such as, you know, you know, you're not my type, I have outgrown you, or I have found someone else. So although they might be true, they can undermine our confidence and, uh, you know, make us feel doubtful or unworthy of love. Therefore, embracing self-compassion, empathy, and kindness towards oneself is foremost, and not holding ourselves guilty for what has occurred. Right. And uh, also, I noticed that some closure can be implemented, and it helps with the griefing too. Like my friend's kid was deeply affected after the nanny who brought her up for seven years left Hong Kong for retirement. My friend um, arranged video calls, 
with the nanny in Philippines to talk to the daughter and uh, talk to the nanny and the nanny's family. So gradually, the daughter accepted the fact that she's not coming back as her family needs her badly in Philippines too. But I know for some situation that no closure actions are possible. So we can try our own rituals like what you said um, or writing things down and let it drift away with dream or buy a candle symbolizing the past and lit it up whenever you think about the loss. These are all useful ways that we will suggest our clients. Yeah, sure. I think that was really such a beautiful example that you gave about your friend's nanny, you know, and about establishing a connection so that the child finds a sense of closure, if, you know, that helps. And the what if and the regret often remains. Um, so the real closure is acceptance and allowing ourselves to feel the sorrow or even relief, whatever might be the emotion for us. That's very true. And uh, Karuna, what else would you suggest our audience to do when grieving? Uh, the other point, which would be a last one, the fourth one, is to attend to what you need at the moment. Mm-hmm. So despite social constructs, there is no obligation to conform to these expectations. Mm-hmm. Do what is meaningful to you, you know, without feeling guilty. Take right. your time to heal by feeling and acknowledging your emotions, sadness, anger, hurt, pain, or relief. Giving right. yourself what makes you feel better is crucial while you try to figure out your own life ahead. Yes. And, you know, finding comfort in support groups, friends, and family or activities such as painting, journaling, drawing, being in nature, maybe turning to spirituality. And the here and now, as in the current moment, can uplift us and make us feel understood. Yes, this is, um, I have to say, is the most essential part of grieving in a healthy and effective way. As you may heard that uh, there are five stages of grief that there are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and finally acceptance. So all of us, we may not come across these stages in this order, but you can understand what you are currently experiencing is valid and very normal, or we would say necessary. So we mentioned sharing the feelings to heal. Sometimes it makes more sense if you just want to some just want some solitude. So we always need some space that can help us connect to our inner voices. Yeah, sure. And just establishing and endorsing that if you even don't want to connect to anybody and you want to grieve alone and be by yourself, you can ask for that space, I think. And uh, we can also take note of this extra time that we have and fill it with things, you know, which we've so long wanted to do. And we can be happy or sad. And this does not have to follow someone else's perception or timeline as we all differ. Yet, if we find that grief and loss interfere with our daily life, we shouldn't hesitate in seeking help from a professional. Yes. We often hear time is the best healer, which is not necessarily comforting when we are grieving. Therefore, trying to make meaning of what loss means to us, it could be yearning for who we used to be. Mm -hmm. What we have lost could be companionship, finances, or what possibly could have gone wrong without self-blame can be the most essential tool in helping us move forward. Right. If you want to learn more about this topic, 
no matter for self-healing or to help someone else to go through this difficult time. Uh, I have included more information in a mindset newsletter of this month. So welcome to our website and subscribe our new issues. Thank you, Megan, for your insights and everyone else for listening. Please stay tuned for a more upcoming how-to series. Thank you. A Mindset is a diverse group of individuals from different walks of life that have come together with a common goal to help. For most of us, this is our second job and we have all chosen to take time to provide affordable counseling to anyone who might need it. Having access to such a diverse group, a teacher, a nurse, an accountant, a corporate, has meant that not only can we tap into each other's experiences, but our clients benefit too.